It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and it's also on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It's a great pleasure to be back on board with you yet again today. The uh, Well, there's snow on every little branch and twig, basically, right now. we got the sticky snow here in the Twin Cities, particularly Golden Valley, Minnesota, for myself. But, uh, well, of course, this show is worldwide. The Minnesota Wild played four games this past week and fared pretty well. They wind up going three and one. It wasn't the greatest week of all time, but sure the heck better than some of the others. The 5-2 loss to Edmonton on Friday was not all so great, but then a shutout for Philip Gustafson uh, against Vancouver the next night. That was pretty cool, all in Canada, of course. Go to Al- up here in Alberta, you wind up in British Columbia, then you come back home, defeat Edmonton 2-1 to in a nice uh, goaltended game and good defended game. Goaltended and defended. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury, and then a 4-1 to victory for Philip Gustafson over the Detroit Red Wings. So, not bad. Two-goal effort there from Frederick Freddy Goudreau. The second one was empty net, but hey, a goal's a goal, you know. So, <laughs> some guys don't get empty net goals either. Not bad, eh? So, uh, we got to see the call-up of Sammy Walker. Samuel, Samuel Walker, at least to play the Vancouver Canucks, and he looks, uh, and, and beyond, Edmonton, Detroit. He looks like a nice player. Uh, very excited to have Sammy Walker up here. Obviously, he was a decent player. Not a star for the Gophers, but one of their best players. And the captain. Wow, my microphone's falling down. I can't believe I just managed that. <laughs> Gotta leave that on the show, because it's fascinating stuff. Uh, Sammy Walker was the captain of the Gophers and, of course, was was pretty darn good. Uh, Seventh-round pick for the Tampa Bay Lightning and from Edina, Mr. Hockey Minnesota. There's all your introductions you need. And, obviously, uh, went to, obviously, or after being signed by Minnesota last spring because he was uh, had become a free agent, winds up going to Iowa this fall and... Kind of sort of tears it up. Actually looked a little better with the Iowa Wild than with the Gophers. Now he's at the Minnesota Wild and he looks like an NHL player. And to a point already that the Judd Zulgans of the world are saying he needs to stay. Him being Sammy Walker needs to stay with the Minnesota Wild. And when guys like uh, Ryan Hartman 
and Brandon Duhame come back, find a way to keep Sammy Walker. Um, and I kind of agree. I, I, I'd love to see him here. Uh, Derek Velska called it last episode. He basically said, so when's Sammy Walker going to get called up? Or do you think he will be called up to Minnesota, basically? And it's like, yeah, yep. I was thinking he'd, he'd have to at least get a cup of coffee, if not beyond that. And, well, it's already more than a cup of coffee, I would say, at this point. Three games and all that. A cup of coffee is like one game, maybe two. And hopefully it's a lot more than a cup of coffee. Hopefully it's a full-on smorgasbord. A nice, uh, big, juicy prime rib or something. I don't know. But hopefully he's with Minnesota for a long time, one way or another. Now that I'm done babbling, four games to review, three games to preview. Chicago, Ottawa, Anaheim coming up. And the next week we will preview only two games. Looks like San Jose Sharks and the Winnipeg Jets on the 27th as we head into the <coughs> Christmas break. Yes. You can tell me that there's a lot of holidays in December. I understand that. But 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, that's Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> I could come back with that pretty easily because that's the, well, it's a four-day span right on Christmas. So, it, it's okay. I don't think that's politically incorrect to say. 5-2 to two loss to the Edmonton Oilers. It was the spoilers instead of the Oilers. Obviously, again, you got your dynamic duo. The Minnesota Wild were hanging in there for a while, kind of, sort of. They went down 2 nothing. Furiously come back. Julie Erickson Eck with what looked kind of like a wraparound type of goal. Kind of, sort of. Recovery, yeah, getting a turnover and kind of going around and releasing the puck. Nice play. Tenth goal of the season. He just continues to play at a 70-plus point pace. Matt Zuccarillo continues to play strong, at least offensively, on the power play. Kirill Kaprizov just gets a point every single night. And then Edmonton with the... Multiple goals, starting with Kaylor Yamamoto. Interesting. Yamamoto, huh? Really? <laughs> Yamamoto? What's going on here? <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. I like it. Very cool. Very Japanese-sounding. Yes. <laughs> Darnell Nurse is 12 assists. Leon Dreisettle, 19th power play goal, or 19th goal of the season. Of course, the ultimate power play. Hopkins, Dave McDavid, and Dreisettle all playing together. The best power play that you're going to ever see, basically. And they wind up scoring on the empty net much later. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. <clears throat> Wild end up losing 5-2. to two. Edmonton kind of sort of dominated the puck most of this game. But then again, Minnesota Wild did get a ton of chances to score. Just couldn't. Stuart Skinner actually pretty damn good. Facing 44 shots and stopping 42 of them. Not bad. Not bad for him, but a not-so-good game for Minnesota. Kind of caught sleeping on some of those goals versus Edmonton, but it's kind of like, what else is new? Whenever the Wild don't play well, you can just see it. It's like guys just kind of falling asleep and getting beat. It's that split-second brain fart, or whatever you want to call it, and the next thing you know, the puck's in the back of the net, and you're just kind of ticked off. Overall, not a great game for the Minnesota Wild, and that's pretty much all there is to say about it. Minnesota Wild will win the season series, though, thankfully, because the Minnesota Wild win 2-1. to one coming up later. Something's happening here. I apologize. Yep, uh, later on, but let's get to the Vancouver Canucks game. Complete opposite. You could tell the team was like, yeah, we just kind of... It was like the floodgates were open and all that. Of course, again, you're going against the top power play. There is pretty much one of the best offenses at the NHL. And Stuart Skinner was pretty good in the net. Vancouver, Minnesota Wild were peppering Spencer Martin most of the game, particularly early on. It seemed like, yeah, Vancouver got a lot more shots on net as the game progressed. Philip Gustafson stopped all 35 shots coming his way. Uh, again, I'll apologize. I'm, I don't know. It seems like every time I'm not feeling my best again. I'm getting ticked off at this. So I actually have a silver lasagne in my mouth right now. Silver, nano silver lasagne, you could call it. 
yeah, so I'm just uh, giving you a heads up about that. If I don't sound all so great, I don't know what's going on. It's weird. But, uh, yes, Minnesota Wild kind of peppered Spencer Martin early. Couldn't get it going. And then finally got something relatively late in the first period. Matt Boldy, kind of a slam dunk play. The puck kind of bounces away um, from Martin. And Matt Boldy kind of releases the shot, basically. Or actually, it was a good pass by Zuccarello. Kind of a quick uh, cross-ice pass, as they say, to uh, Matt Boldy. And a quick release on the shot. I kind of called that a slam dunk as it took place. Kalen Addison's 13th assist on the season. He's got quite a few power play points as well. And again, that's why he's on the top power play. And that's what happens when you put a young, offensive-minded defenseman on the top power play. He starts producing, and it's a wonderful thing to watch. Uh, It's nice to see a success level insane to imagine he actually got scratched though this past week which is like weird like he actually got scratched that was against the Edmonton Oilers when the Wild end up uh, not winning the game five to th- uh, two pardon me it's like what good did that accomplish he had uh Goligoski and Mar- uh, John Merrill together it's kind of weird so that irked some of us fans obviously quite a few people quite a few people pardon me not all too happy with that decision by Dean Evison some of us just not 100% sure what the thought process was there. Yeah, because again, I don't know why this has no scratches. I mean, there's no Kalen Addison. So, <laughs> Brodeen, Spurgeon, Dumma, Goligoski, Merrill, Middleton. There's no, uh, yeah. Okay, so you can't trust anybody or anything. Can't believe everything you read, right? Because he was scratched. You can believe the lineup when you look at it. 3 nothing victory for Minnesota in Vancouver. Back to where I need to be. Boldy, I thought, had a pretty good week. He had a pretty crappy week the week before. He was actually a candidate for the James Trevor Memorial, the turnovers and such. Funny, though, how much better Boldy's playing now that he has a different line mate, a new line mate named Sammy Walker. At least he's been playing uh, off and on on that line. Of course, he doesn't get to play in any of the special teams, Sammy Walker. So limited ice time for the most part. But Sammy Walker playing with Boldy off and on has been a beautiful thing. There's a good sign there. Uh, so maybe uh, if if Boldy struggles without Fiala, and then you find somebody like Sammy Walker, who's a very skilled player, who can uh, obviously he can defend as well as he can score, and again provides the speed and the offensive ability. There's really something there with Sammy Walker that could uh, again. There, there's a staying power there, especially if it could benefit uh, a guy like Matt Boldy, who's you know somebody you're going to be counting on for many many years to come. At least I would hope so. So. That's why more and more reason for Sammy Walker to stick around. Maybe soon he he will wind up on at least a second unit of one of the special teams coming forward. Probably power play, if anything, but we'll have to wait and see. It's not like our power play is dazzling or anything, particularly the second unit. Um, first power play unit, of course, Kalen Addison, and then uh, Matt Boldy, Jules Eriksson-Ack. That's a nice group. And again, with Kaprizov as well, of course, on the backside with uh, Addison. So again, in that powerful release, and a quick release, quick hands, quick release by Kirill Caprizov, where he can just snap the shot. See, the second power play unit, you have Jordan Greenway with Steele, Felino. I mean, really? That's a power play unit? Spurgeon and Goudreau? I, I guess. So, I got to think at some time, you're going to see a Sammy Walker possibly there, as long as he actually becomes a permanent member of the Wild. You start seeing him wearing a lower number with Minnesota, like Mason Shaw started wearing 15, and Kalen Anderson starts wearing two guys like that. Hunter DeWeer starts wearing 26, you know, <laughs> instead of like, what, like 59 or something, 53, whatever it was before. So, you know, yeah, 
it could happen. So you could definitely see Sammy Walker at least on a second power play unit. Not sure he's going to crack the main one at the moment. Zuccarello, Boldy, Eck, uh, Erickson, Eck anyway, Kaprizov, Addison. Yeah, I think that one's okay right now. It's one of the better power play units out there. But second, I mean, what, what the heck? Maybe get a little bit of spark there. So, I mean, Greenway's not providing a whole lot. So, I mean, do, do you really think of Jordan Greenway as a power play guy? Maybe penalty kill, right? Power play? Hmm. I don't know. But at least the grief line's back together again for now. Stay freaking healthy for once. Of course, you got Steele still centering the, the top line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Frederick, Frederick, Freddy, <laughs> Freddy the Nightmare. Okay, I know, you get the idea. Samuel, Sammy Walker on the left wing. And Matt Boldy's actually been playing right wing, interestingly. Again, the grief line, grease line, grief line, whatever it is, the fourth line to were Shaw and Ryan Reeves. So, yep. It's a, it's a solid lineup. I mean, I'm not really complaining. Of course, you got, again, Ryan Hartman coming back and Brandon Deham, so you're going to have to figure out something. That's why Patan, Patan is back in the uh, AHL, and Sam Walker's up here, Sammy Walker's up here. After that, I don't know. That's going to be tough. Ryan Reeves may end up getting scratched sometimes. He's an older guy, of course. He's not that fast, but he does provide the grit, the strength, and that's where, like, a, hopefully a Marcus Foligno doesn't get himself in too much trouble doesn't get hurt or whatever. Something stupid happens. So, <laughs> not calling anybody stupid necessarily, just as long as something dumb doesn't happen. That would eliminate uh, Felino having to fight constantly. So, that kind of situation, when you get the unwritten rules of hockey, you got to go get in a fight with somebody because this happened and that happened. Um, it's going to be a tough decision. There's going to be some tough decisions made. Unfortunately, Walker, I wouldn't be surprised, goes back to the AHL. I'm against it. I staunchly stand against that, but we'll have to wait and see what the decisions are. Unfortunately, we're probably going to be disappointed one way or another. But again, Brandon DeHaim looks more like a third liner than a fourth liner now, so I'd love to have him back. Ryan Hartman is a crapshoot. You don't know. Uh, he's definitely a skilled guy. A lot of people want him back, but is he anywhere near the guy he was last year? So that's a question that will emerge as we go forward. Again, 3 nothing victory. Connor DeWare, yet another shorthanded goal getting the turnover, going to the net and scoring. Just, I mean, the guy can play. Connor DeWert can play. See, that's somebody who ain't going to no AHL. Pardon me. He's not going to no AHL, Connor DeWert. Love what he's been doing. And Sammy, Sam Steele, the other Sam, able to finish his sixth goal of the season. Midway through the third period. Again, nice play by Zuccarello. Again, getting it to steal on a great finish. Zuccarello had a pretty nice week, didn't he? I mean, look at that. Zuccarello, 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 Zuccarello. So he's going to at least be a candidate for the Mike McDonald Award winner. Find out who wins shortly at the end of the segment. But Gustafson faced quite a few shots in the game down the stretch. Early on, again, it was like, what, 14-3 to after the first period in shots? So Minnesota dominated early, getting the puck on net. Luckily, did wind up with two goals. It felt like forever until the Wild got there. Well, yeah, actually it really did take forever. Matt Boldy did get that goal late in the first period, pardon me. It's like I got my mind stuck in a different game, and I deeply apologize. It was like well into the second period when Connor DeWare had the shorty. Again, and it took a play like that to finally get the second goal. So this was a more defensive-minded game. Guys getting the puck on net, and just, well, shall we say it was a well-goaltended game. Not necessarily great defensive-minded, but well-goaltended game. And maybe some of the chances weren't as great and spectacular as others, but... 
Both goalies obviously very good, especially Gustafsson later on, and he deserved the, honestly the number one star of the game, not the number three or second or anything like that. Spencer Martin facing 33 shots and giving up three goals. Gustafsson 35 and giving up zilch. So wonderful feeling there. We'll continue to move forward. Again, more of a definitely more defensive-minded kind of night. The Wild kind of putting the clamps down after letting the floodgates open with Edmonton as we head to the X this time instead of Rogers Arena. Freddie Goudreau would score another goal uh, midway through the game. And after that, Fleury and the players in front of Fleury would uh, continue to stop the puck. Fleury would only ultimately face 21 shots on net. Stuart Skinner would only give up two goals, but this time did not win the game on 30 shots. Minnesota just played a little better than Edmonton in this game, basically, and again, stopped a lot of pucks, denying shots, blocking shots, this and that, and Sammy Walker continues to play super well. He only had one shot on net, but again, again, just a good skater, and he, he helped generate some chances with Boldy. Unfortunately, he did not get credited with an assist when he probably should have, so very frustrating there on the Boldy goal. He probably should have gotten credit for something, but of course not. That's stupid. <laughs> That's dumb, but uh, he did not get credit on the goal. At the end of the day, Boldy did get credit on on both goals, a goal and an assist. Boldy on the power play, Kuroko Brisov. Okay, that was the wrong goal. It was the it was the uh, the Goudreau goal. They took the assist off. I apologize. So the Goudreau goal, they actually took the assist off. It would have been Walker's first assist in his second game, first point in the NHL. They took it off, so it's just Boldy getting the credit for it. It was much more Boldy. I mean, I I get that, but. Uh, Walker did recover the puck and get it to Boldy, so I don't know why they took it away. Kind of dumb, but I, I, I guess they figured it wasn't as much of a part of that goal, but isn't that what a second assist is sometimes? You know, you kind of get the play started. That should mean something. Come on, guys. Come on, score, people. <laughs> stingy, stingy. <laughs> so, again, that's nice, but Boldy getting two points in the game. And the Minnesota Wild, again, denying shots coming Marc-Andre Fleury's way, and Fleury only letting in one goal. Very, very nice played game by the Wild. Certainly not as entertaining of a game, but not as frustrating and irritating as losing 5-2. to Because, well, the Wild still only scored two goals. So, that's four goals in two games versus the Edmonton Oilers, a team you'd expect a little more. Darnell Nurse heard it from Matt Dumba, told, basically Matt Dumba told Darnell Nurse, you get paid $9 million to do bleep, to do the S-word, basically. <laughs> you don't do bleep to make $9 million, basically. Well, not too long ago, somebody might say the same about the six going to Dumba's way, but <laughs> but I get it, believe me. Darnell Nurse is not worth $9 million. He's a really good defenseman. He's worth maybe, I don't know, five or six, $9 million. A team with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins who make a lot of money already. So that's kind of stupid. Come on. <laughs> that was kind of dumb. I mean, <laughs> I know he's valuable. And then a team that's just, you know, it's, well, it's forward, forward, forward. You got two, uh, you got three really good forwards. And Evander Kane, when he's healthy, and he, uh, he's not in trouble or he's not, <laughs> he's not injured badly, unfortunately, poor guy. Um, he's a damn good uh, offensive player. You don't have a whole lot on the back end. So, like, you know, Tyson Berry's decent. Darnell Nurse, I mean, I can understand why you'd want to, you know, make sure you keep him, but nine million bucks. That is a mystery to me. Again, better played game by Minnesota. Again, denying more shots and opportunities for the Edmonton Oilers. Minnesota ends up winning the hockey game. Detroit 
Well, Hellebrew got to be a net. He's he's played in about four games in ten years. Poor guy. He's been pretty much in the minors off and on. Uh, Magnus Hellebrew. He was a draft pick way back in 2011. Second round pick by the Nashville Predators. Um, yep, this was his. What the heck? Why is it saying Ottawa? That doesn't make any sense. He's with Detroit. This is backwards. Yeah. Okay. Well, he played his first game with Detroit. Again, he's played in six total games, and he started only three throughout his NHL career. That's kind of a bummer. So, Magnus Helleberg, you kind of feel for him a little bit. Big, big guy, six foot six, from Uppsala, Sweden. Um, again, I thought he was okay, but Minnesota Wild did take advantage and end up winning the game four to one. Uh, Philip Gustafson phased only 17 shots, so <laughs> take advantage of that. Philip Gustafson's still very good, but the Minnesota Wild, again, denying shots in a big, big, big way in this one. Um, and in the, the previous game, less than 40 shots on goal in, in a combined two games, so that's actually quite impressive. Goudreau did get the uh, uh, excuse me, Goudreau did get credited for the empty net goal, of course, while well, he was the one that shot the puck, right? <laughs> Drew Erickson act five basically 10 wins and 10 losses in the face-off circle now that that's the most important thing you ever heard Goudreau scoring on the power play it's just kind of weird some of the guys on the power play units you're like hmm but that was the second power play unit so second power play unit finally scores something <laughs> Goudreau and Steele late in that first power play there Matt Dumba did get his third goal of the season good little uh, release of the puck by uh, Greenway to Dumba to finish that one off. That was a nice play. Zuccarillo, it kind of like, I keep calling it like Brett Hull type of goal where you're almost near the ground releasing the puck, but that one was actually a little bit more than that. He was basically on the ground already, Zuccarillo, hoping for a penalty, but the puck went in anyway, so we'll certainly take it. Again, a well-played game by the Minnesota Wild, and Minnesota continues to play like one of the better teams the past couple weeks here. Uh, it's a great feeling to see Minnesota stepping it up a bit. Still stuck in third, but hey, we're still one of the division leaders. We're not having to hope and pray to be at least in the wild card. We're here at the very bottom of the playoff bracket. So it's a good feeling. You're not stuck playing an elite team like Vegas, which Vegas is again. Yes, last year they had their down year because the, the whole damn team was hurt, including the goalie. And now they have a completely different goalie because, I mean, why would you even count on uh, Robin Renner anymore? He's... He's about, yeah, he's just not reliable. He's about as reliable as uh, Anthony Davis is for the Los Angeles Lakers. So <laughs> he's not reliable. He's hurt constantly, and it is what it is. Serious injuries and such, and you just don't come back, and you're never the same. Thankfully for them, they finally got somebody like legit, like a legit prospect in Logan Thompson. They have a nice backup as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a good feeling uh, what's going on in Las Vegas, at least for that team and the fan base. And such, I mean, after having such a down year last year, it must have been kind of weird for them. They've been good since their inception, which is also weird. Uh, Seattle's a playoff team right now, 16-9-3. They look like they're going to probably make it, and that's kind of cool. Even though I'm not a huge Seattle sports fan, I'm really not. The Seahawks and the, the Mariners and such, I'm not a big fan. I'm just not overrated, right? <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I don't like the colors all that much either. Kind of boring. Um... Seattle Supersonics, I like the colors when they were green and gold, like the North Stars. Not the red, wild look, necessarily, that they had in the mid-90s. <sighs> Anyhow, but again, I, I sure as heck loved what the North Stars, I mean, the Wild wore yesterday. Very beautiful. They looked like 
I mean, it looked like Minnesota North Stars and Detroit back in the late 80s, early 80s, mid 80s, whatever 80s, because they didn't have the black stripe on yet. The uh, These uniforms looked like it was Bellos and Cicerelli and Neil Broughton, maybe Bobby Smith if he hadn't been traded yet, traded to the Montreal Canadiens upon his request. <laughs> and did get a Stanley Cup, good for him. So his career didn't end in complete heartbreak with uh, no Stanley Cup like guys like Dino Cicerelli that played like 20 years and didn't win the cup. Oh, that sucks so bad. That sucks so bad. Like Brian Prop, guys like that. Um, I just love those uniforms so much. God. I, I had some weird dream about Cicerelli this past week. I just, he was like on my mind. I don't know what it was, but it was cool. And he was wearing that uniform. He was wearing that uniform, number 20, Dino Cicerelli. And he was playing and all that. It was just, it was a cool dream, you know. It was it was nothing that crazy, but I just got to see him, you know, in my dream, I guess, playing for the North Stars wearing those uniforms. That's probably what triggered it, because, I don't know, those uniforms make me think of the Cicerellis, the Prottons, the Bellos, Brian Bellos, you know, guys like that. Um, yeah, you could go on forever with all the different names. You know, Don Beaupre, Don Beaupre, <laughs> guys like that. So, um, love what they bring. Matt Dumbas certainly has been playing better. Uh, he had a goal disallowed in the... There was an offsides call. Doggone it, you know. So, offsides call. Dumba had a goal disallowed versus Vancouver, but not this time. That one was a legitimate goal. So, good feeling there. A lot of stuff did not go the Wilds way versus Edmonton this past week, but at least we were able to split with Edmonton. There were, what, three challenges that went Edmonton's way. It was freaking frustrating. But the Wild were able to still hold on and prevent shots on net in that second uh, tilt with the Edmonton Oilers. This past week, though, the Mike McDonough Award winner is going to be Philip Gustafson. Strong honorable mention to Matt Zuccarello. He was a stud this past week, honestly. He scored in every game. Uh, yep, he was a huge factor in every game, multi-points in one of them. This Detroit game, he had what? Uh, he had one assist, but still, that no, he had the goal, pardon me. He had that, that goal from the ground, basically. And Kaprizov did get the assist, thankfully. Kaprizov, a little quieter week, but we'll take it. He still had a, at least an assist in, in every game. It looked like at least one point per game <laughs> continues to play great. Even when he's uh, not at the absolute top of his game, still continues to step up and be one of the best players in the, in the entire planet. So absolutely love what uh, Kirill Kaprizov brings and always has. The James Shepard Memorial, it's... Matt Dumbo. No, it's not this week. It's is it the refs? It's the refs' fault. Is it the the coach for scratching Kalen Addison? Is it John Merrill for just being meh? Because he usually is most of the time. There's a goal scored. He's on the ice. <laughs> is it John Merrill again? Do I have to pick on poor John Merrill? Is he gonna hate me and find? Is he gonna find me and beat me up? Okay, it's John Merrill. It's John Merrill. I'm sorry. It's gonna have to be. Uh, it's not going to be Ryan Reeves, plus he'll kill me if I say it is. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't know me. Uh, Steele was still valuable. Not as spectacular as before. I don't think Shaw had a point this past week, but he didn't do anything that made me, like, complain. Merrill was just kind of meh. You know, like, uh, it was at least one or two of the goals this past week. where the, like, He's just kind of gliding around, so I'll have to give it to him. But it's not a real harsh one. It's a gentle one. With that, we'll take a quick break, and let's get to previewing and looking at the prospects in segment number Duh. 
are back here on Brave the Wild, going to preview three games against Chicago, Ottawa, and Anaheim Clucks. We're coming up to that very shortly. The five buck cluck at uh, London Byerly's. Remember that? I think it's six bucks now. Now in this economy, it's probably ten. Anyhow, <laughs> DraftKings. Let's uh, let's win some bets. Then you can buy your ten buck cluck or your twenty buck cluck, whatever it's going to be, as the uh, economy continues to suck. There, it kind of rhymed. Not really. DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You will see the disclaimer in the show notes. So, let's get to the games. Let's talk about the game, man. Chicago Blackhawks on ESPN Plus Friday night. Cool, ESPN Plus. Nice, so that's good. Hope you have the app if you need it. Otherwise, again, if you're in... Uh, well, this is interesting. Looks like they added some features here on the Yahoo uh, previews and such. Alex Stalock. Wow, they actually put status. They write information down. As of November the 1st, according to coach Luke Richardson, Stalock is still working on his back, uh, on his way back anyway, and there is no timetable for his return. Mm. Ryan Hartman, just before Halloween on October 30th, the Minnesota Wild placed Hartman on injured reserve on November 2nd, retro to October 30th, with an upper body injury, of course, most likely a separated shoulder at the time, but I'm adding this personally now, he is skating and very close to returning. Ryan Hartman, close to returning. They don't even mention Brandon DeHaime. What's up with that? Maybe he's just flat out back. I don't know. It's a four-game series. It's a division rival, just like the good old days as we reunited with the Blackhawks about a decade ago now, right? About 2012? After that whole, yeah, I think it was the year after the lockout. That was a long lockout, but at least it ended. It didn't last a whole damn season. Minnesota won in the shootout back on October the 30th when Ryan Hartman got hurt. Wouldn't that be interesting if Hartman came back to play against the Blackhawks all this time later? Ryan Hartman, yep. Uh, who was he fighting against? Was it Tenorti? Yeah, the son of Mark Tenorti, or was it the nephew? Well, close relative anyway. Minnesota Wild ended up winning in the shootout, 2 nothing in that. But 4-3, to technically 3-3 to into OT and all that crap. Friday, December the 3rd. Saturday, March 25th, we finally play them again. The first game was in Chicago. The next two, again, Friday, and then uh, Friday the 16th of December, coming right up. Saturday, March 25th, uh, 4 p.m. Uh, game, so late afternoon. Hopefully that's a win. <laughs> Monday, April 10th at 8 p.m. in Chicago. Must have some kind of national TV implications because Chicago's central time zone. The Blackhawks have been terrible lately. They've lost four in a row. December the 3rd, they beat the Rangers at New York. Okay. Yet they go to the Islanders and get crushed 3 nothing or shut out 3 nothing. Oof, look at this three-game stretch. 3 nothing lost to the Islanders. 3 to, three nothing lost to the New Jersey Devils, I get it. A 3-1 to one loss to Winnipeg. That's a tough schedule, though, let's be honest. Winnipeg, but in Chicago. And then 7-3 to three demolition 
from the Washington Capitals and Mr. Ovechkin, which most recently had his 800th goal. So, again, which tells you how good Gretzky was. When you watch how amazing Ovechkin is and how many, like, light years behind he is, Gretzky, wow, especially in the assist category, it's just crazy. It's crazy. That's how good Gretzky was. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> just never. <laughs> Anyhow, Minnesota Wild have won three in a row. That's good after getting demolished by the Flames. Uh, the Edmonton, Alberta, no, the, basically the Alberta two-step. That didn't go well. The Wild gave up ten goals in two games. Yuck. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we don't need to go over the last five. We've kind of been doing that already. Chicago Blackhawks, 32nd in the National Hockey League in goals against. They are the, or goals four, pardon me, goals four. They are the worst offense in the NHL, only 65 goals in the season. Yuck. The Wild are 19th. Chicago's 23rd in goals against. I didn't think they were the worst. No, I was doing it backwards. Minnesota Wild are 13th in goals against. Again, you know, Gustafson has really stepped up, and we're going to look at his numbers. Yeah, Chicago does not generate goals or assists. They have the absolute worst offense. They have least assists. I usually don't talk about that one. Yet they're 11th in the power play? Really? So I guess all of their offense is on the power play. Minnesota Wild are 8th, believe it or not. Edmonton's tw- or Edmonton, Chicago's 25th on the penalty kill. Minnesota Wild are 15th. The Blackhawks are 20th in penalty minutes. 20th, you know, 20th worst team, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, they're the, you know, you get the idea. They're in the lower bracket. Minnesota Wild are the 31st team in the NHL, the second worst there is. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. Uh, let's look at the Blackhawks a little bit here again. Crazy to think you have Tane and K- uh, you have Kane and Taves. Tane and Caves, yep. Yeah, it's Caves, all right. Jonathan Taves started the season strong, and he's basically kind of vanished. Still been playing, but not a whole lot of offense. Patrick Kane, mm, only four goals on the season, but 17 assists. It's weird. That's, that's, that's really weird. Usually he's kind of like, seven. you'd expect like 17-17, right? God, that's weird. Weird. Jonathan Taves has more goals than Patrick Kane. He is second on the team behind Max Domi with 10. Taves is uh, 9, pardon me. Tyler Johnson, I bet he's regretting going to the Blackhawks. Only 7 games, but he does have 7 points in those 7 games. And there's uh, there's Jared Tenorti, Mr. Rip-Out Shoulder, uh, Rip-Out Ryan Hartman's Shoulder. Yuck. Seth Jones has been a huge bust. Huge bust for the Blackhawks. Pretty much everybody was. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was a huge bust for the Blackhawks. Stalock was okay for a little while, and then the Wild beat him, and he hasn't been really good since. Mrazek, the former Detroit Red Wing, and I believe he was on the Carolina Hurricanes recently, he's giving up about four and a half goals a game. Wow. Yeah, we'll get to the other guy quick. I want to look at, uh, I could go a different direction here. All I have to do is click around for a second. Um, Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Gustafson a little bit more again. I mean, you know, he's been good. He's he's been on a very nice stretch. Started out terribly, but now his goals against average is two thirty three. Uh, save percentage is above ninety two, six four and one. Again, started off terribly, but now he's pretty damn good. Guys like Judd Zolged and others, you know, like uh, obviously locally, quite a few guys, even like Arusso and such. You know, they'd say Philip Gustafson's just kind of an average guy. Just an average guy, a backup goalie at best, and now, well, he's starting to look a little bit more than that, and that's kind of encouraging, and certainly a guy you probably want to keep around long-term, at least, and when um, <clears throat> Jesper Volstead, uh comes up to Minnesota, 
someday in about two years or so, like a year and a half, two years or something like that. That's just my guesstimation. I mean, <laughs> next thing you know, it's like, nope, he's not coming up for five years. No, it's not. He's not going to be in the AHL that long. But clearly, he's not ready for the NHL now. It would be like maybe one game if he came up. Like, but most of the time, any type of uh, injured goalie, you're going to see Zane McIntyre most of the time. Maybe we'll see. Now that I'm babbling way too much already. Um, again, Blackhawks. There's no excuse. Minnesota should get the job done. Arvid Soderblom, interesting name. Goals against average of 3.18. Save percentage of mm, 0.906. So 90.6, basically. Mediocre. The offense isn't there. The defense is mediocre. The goaltending is average at best. Minnesota should get the job done. And if we don't, shame on us. Forder to win for the Minnesota Wild. Most likely guy to score in the game is going to be Sammy Walker. Sammy Walker will get his NHL, uh, his first goal in the NHL. That's my guesstimation and uh, hoping for the best there. That would be really cool. Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators. Another matinee on Sunday. This one is in the XL Energy Center. NHL Network. Okay, so it is on national TV. Yep, the the uh, national cable anyway. I, I thought it would be. I had a feeling. And then, of course, uh, you know, Valley Sports North and all that cute stuff. Uh, Ottawa Senators, Tim Strutzel. The Ottawa Senators placed him in injury reserve as of December the 14th. There's, uh, it doesn't say upper body, it doesn't say lower body. It's just a mystery, I guess. They don't even say that anymore. Uh, Tyler Mott, the coach said Mott suspected to miss at least a week. That's of the 12th of December, so he's not going to play in that game. Matteo Joseph placed him on injured reserve, so that's going to be a bit December the 10th. And, of course, Ryan Harmon, we talked about that. The Wild in Ottawa are knotted up at 89 goals apiece on the season. Goals against Ottawa is 91st, or excuse me, is what am I talking about? They've given up 91 goals, which is 18th in the league. Power play is 6th in the league. They do have some offensive weapons, of course. Let's not forget. <laughs> so we'll talk about that guy shortly. The, the Chucks of the world and some other veterans. Penalty kills 16th. That's not too bad. They give up a bunch of penalties, though. 24th in the league there. Uh, this is the season finale. Minnesota did win way back on October 27th with Ryan Hartman in the lineup. A 4-2 victory. I'm expecting a similar kind of performance. And I do believe it'll be Cam Talbot this time. Maybe it's going to be 2-1. to one. Who knows? It might be. Uh, two teams that can score a little bit, but Cam Talbot is playing now. He was uh, hurt last time. Forsberg was just kind of mediocre, kind of decent. I'd probably rather have uh, Philip Gustafson than Forsberg at this point. I probably would, but maybe it's the play in front of him. Brady to Chuck, 33 points on the season, 13 goals, 20 assists. He's the guy that, again, uh, long ago now, a couple years back, had that fight with uh, Matt Dumba that led to a torn pectoral muscle where Dumba, they were fighting, kind of ra- wrestling, as you might say, wrestling. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. The fight's over. Please stop. Because <laughs> something uh, something went wrong with Dumba, and it's unfortunate. Tim Stutzel, 27 points in 28 games, 10 of them goals. He's probably not going to play. Claude Giroux, second in goals with 14 assists as well. He's, he's playing well. Ottawa's just not winning games, though. Goaltending has been mediocre, but Talbot's been pretty good, and I think he's been helpful. Two and a half goals a game. Save percentage, 91.7. I mean, that's pretty good. Pretty good. He's about the Cam Talbot that was here. A guy that deserves to start in the National Hockey League, unless he's playing behind, you know, Vasilevsky or something. Um, Talbot's a starting goalie. Like it or not, he's a starting goalie. He's not a superstar, but he's, you know, he's, he's all right. He's got better numbers than last year, actually, when he went to the All-Star game. 
which is kind of weird. I thought the year before he was much closer to being an all-star than the second year in Minnesota, him being Cam Talbot. The Ottawa Senators had won three in a row. Now they've no, they they have won three in a row. I'm looking at it backwards. They lost to the Kings on December the sixth, five to two. Lost to the Stars four to three in Dallas. Beat the Predators in Nashville three to two. Beat Anaheim three nothing and beat Montreal three to two. Those were home games, but uh, again another winnable game. A golden opportunity for Minnesota to get the job done. Hopefully Cam Talbot doesn't shut us way down like two to one loss. I think this one's going to be kind of a close one, like 3-2. to two. Maybe he'll go to a shootout, something like that. 3-2 to two type of game. I see Jared Spurgeon scoring in this one. Maybe Boldy, but I'll just go with Spurgeon's kind of my guess. These are all just kind of throwing darts on the wall, but sometimes you just have a feeling. And certain, te- uh, certain guys play well against certain teams. I know Dumba's had a pretty important goal versus Ottawa in the past, if I remember correctly. I think it was an overtime winner or something. But Minnesota wins 3-2. to two. This could be a really nice week. An opportunity for a, gosh, a six-game winning streak here. Cool, huh? Not bad, because we're talking about the Ducks here now. We're going duck hunting. Now, don't get trapped in this one. (laughs) The, uh, what is it, the second game before the Christmas break? The 21st of December, and then we uh, host the Sharks, I believe. Do we host the Sharks? Nope, nope, this is a California two-step. Yeah, what am I talking about? Anaheim, California, of course, right by Los Angeles, and San Jose is a bit north. A couple, uh, yeah, which is the next night. So, of course, uh, a couple of West Coast games, which I do like very much. I like late games. A lot of you don't. I do, because I'm a second shift kind of guy, unfortunately. Whether I like it or not, I am on second shift. So, (laughs) Johnny John Gibson left Tuesday's game on December the 13th in the second period and did not return. So, we'll see what it means there. That's the 13th, what we just said. Anaheim Ducks plays Derek Grant on injury reserve as of December the 3rd. And of December the 1st, Isaac Lunderstrom. The Ducks announced that Lunderstrom will be out six weeks with a fractured finger. Ouch. How dare you say what the injury is? You know what's going to happen, right? They're just going to attack his fingers all the time. Okay, well, yeah, you know, that's kind of like Paul Fenton right there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's kind of like welcome to sports. I mean... Playing hockey, though, I mean, you're going to get hit everywhere, unfortunately, whether you like it or not. Anaheim's 30th in goals, 32nd in goals against. They are not good. <laughs> not good. 30th in the power play, 32nd in the penalty kill, 32nd in th- they give up the most penalty minutes, but only one more than Minnesota, which is pathetic. It's really bad. Uh, Minnesota should sweep this series, but this is in Anaheim, California, Honda Center. And I like Honda. I drive a Honda Accord, so I always kind of wanted one, even when I was a young teenager. Wound up with other cars first, but eventually got my Honda Accord about 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, Minnesota won 4-1 to on November the 9th. Minnesota had to go to the freaking shootout where Anaheim was ahead most of the game and kind of outplayed a sloppy, yucky game December the 3rd. We talked about that last week. What the hell was that? But at least the Wild escaped that one. Another Kaprizov little snapshot in the... Uh, in the shootout, so that was always a good feeling. <laughs> uh, Minnesota needs to sweep this series. There's just no excuse. Jeez, look at these scores. Ooh, yep, yeah, there's one anomaly mixed in. Five to two loss to Winnipeg. Anaheim's one and four in the last five. They beat Carolina four to three. Okay, then they get crushed by the Sharks six to one, three nothing to Ottawa, and seven nothing demolition versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just win. Just win, baby. That's all there is to say. Um, we're here to bleeping win and all that stuff. 
just look at this. No, it's just, I, I just have to say it again. Goals for 30th. Goals against 32nd. Power play 30th. Penalty kill 32nd. Penalty minutes 32nd. John Gibson's giving up four goals a game, and he's the leading goaltender for the Anaheim Ducks. Four goals a game. This is like the Iowa Heartlanders, because they've been struggling most of the time anyway. Save percentage about 90, because he faces probably about 90 shots a game, poor guy. John Gibson. Uh, three overtime losses, including versus us. Stullers, who's like an okay backup, but he's just been facing hell all year. About four goals a game. 88.6 goals against and Lucas Dostal. Ooh, boy. Ooh. Uh, he started only one game. 5.38 goals against average. Save percentage below 85. Ah. Ah. Mm. Sorry, it's, that's got to suck. Dmitry Kulikov fitting right in, I guess, if he's not a good defenseman, which he pretty much isn't. Nine points on the season. I'm sorry, Dmitry. I am sorry. That's got to suck, though. Uh, Troy Terry does have 11 goals on the season to lead the club. He's actually pretty, playing pretty well. 27 points in 30 games. I mean, he's on pace for 70-ish. Trevor Zigrest, good player as well. 10 goals, 13 assists. Ryan Strom, 7 goals, 7 assists. After that, it's just kind of like, I don't know, a bunch of mediocrity. Shattenkirk, who used to be thought of as a nice offensive defenseman, only 8 assists on the air, and that's it. So, I don't know. Not a whole lot to brag about. Minnesota wins 7 nothing. No, Minnesota has to win this thing like 5-1, 4-1, 4-1 victory. Kirill Kaprizov has two goals in this game, even though he doesn't have to, but we'll just say that, or Boldy or whoever, but we'll say Kaprizov has a multi-goal game, and the Wild win 4-1. A 3-0 week for the Minnesota Wild. Quite frankly, if it isn't, I'm going to be kind of annoyed. Chicago's not good. Ottawa's not uh, Ottawa's like 500. They're okay, but they're still last place in their division, believe it or not. They're okay. Maybe good goaltending by Cam Talbot, and he's pissed off at us, and he shuts us down big time. That, that could happen. That could be a reason why the Wild would lose. But uh, that's where I go right now. Three a week. Let's look at the prospects, eh? So let's open things up with Tyson Jones, just for the hell of it. Just because I'm mean and naughty and all that stuff. Well, Tyson Jones is doing exactly what he did in Minnesota, which is not much. Three points in 11 games. One goal, two assists for the Buffalo Sabres. So the love we lost, not. <laughs> It's unfortunate. He's just one of those guys, the quad A type of guys. So, I mean, kind of is what it is, you know. Let's open up with the Iowa Wild. Of course, Nick Paton sent back down. He's been very good there. But he's not the feature presentation, that's for sure. The guy who was the feature presentation for quite a while is up with Minnesota. Sammy Walker doing a great job. Fogarty, who Derek often talked about uh, not too long ago, said, he's, yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's actually a really nice player. Uh, particularly in the AHL, but probably could even be decent in the NHL. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, 29 years of age, 19 points, 9 goals, 10 assists in 23 games. Marco Rossi, well, he's above the point-a-game threshold at the moment, so that's good. 7 assists in 8 games with 2 goals as well. Did have a goal recently. Of course he did. Um, yep, in eight games already, nine points. So, yeah, he's uh, Jewel Erickson ecking it. Well, Jewel Erickson Eck kind of took a while to get used to the National Hockey League. And, you know, obviously, Jewel Erickson Eck, you kind of expect more of a slower start to his career than, say, a Marco Rossi. But, well, I mean, it kind of is what it is with Rossi. He's not a dynamic skater. He's okay, but he's not dynamic. Uh, he doesn't stand out like he's a, like a superstar necessarily, but. 
Neither does Jules Eriksson. Ek. Ek obviously can play, and he just kind of gradually kept getting better and better. And I think it'll be similar with Rossi. Hopefully, he'll produce a little more offense. But again, Rossi can defend as well, just like Jules Eriksson. Ek. So that's the good part. Again, forced turnovers and such. Uh, so, I mean, like I was saying, when you sent Jules Eriksson Ek down and he was back to being a point-to-game player in the AHL, he came back up more confident. He just kept getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I think that's what's going to happen with Marco Rossi. Um, Nick Sweeney has not returned. 14 games still, only 7 points. 14 games out. He has 5 goals in those 7 points. Damien Giroux, only 6 assists, 20 games. Damien Giroux looking more and more like one of those guys who's probably not NHL material, 22 years of age. So, unfortunately, he's been, it's been a bit already. Uh, I believe I believe he was in the same draft as Connor Dewar. I'm pretty sure. Uh <laughs> Mason Shaw's, of course, up with Minnesota. Only played two games down there as the captain and has been a Minnesota Wild, you know, not standout, but very valuable piece ever since. Hunter Jones was solid in the short time he got to be in the AHL. Poor guy, back to the purgatory of hockey. That's the ECHL. Zane <clears throat> McIntyre giving up goals but winning games, similar with uh, Jesper Volstead. At least they're kind of sort of winning games now. They're like decent, they're like a decent team, kind of you know 500-ish type of team right now in Iowa where they start off terribly. Last year it felt like they started off terribly as well. Damon Hunt only had five points at 24 games, but at least again getting more action and learning and uh, learning as he goes. Ryan O'Rourke still stuck at the three points. <clears throat> he got his third assist last week. Uh, on last week's show, we talked about it. Hasn't uh, had any more points since. And uh, Iowa's had some good games, but it's mostly been the Fogarty's and, you know, Beckman stuck at, yeah, the Fogarty's of the of, of this club. Uh, Mitchell Chaffee's only played in 10 games. He's been very productive. Again, he's another one of those uh, college free agents. Same age as Nick Sweeney. Mike O'Leary factored in a little bit recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, like Rossi and Patan have probably been the two best players since coming down to the AHL. Patan, nine points in six games. So, Patan's, again, he's a good veteran guy. Again, played with the uh, Colorado Avalanche in the past. Fourth liner at the NHL level. Uh, a standout at the AHL level. It's just kind of how it is. Um, Adam Beckman, again, still at about a two-thirds of a point a game pace. It's a little better than last year, but... Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Beckman, you know, we'll see. We'll see. There's something there, I think, but I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. It's too bad. I, I wish I could, wish I had a little bit better news about that one. I, I really do. <laughs> you don't know how much. I mean, Beckman was such a stud at the WHL, but, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's the WHL, you know? It, it's not the... <laughs> it's not the KHL or anything crazy like that. Liam Ugrin. Liam Ugrin. 26 games now for, yeah, this is the Hockey Alsvenskan. I always pronounce it probably wrong. He's now at nine goals there. So it's not like the the main professional level. At least I don't believe so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on a loan. I, uh, but yeah, he's, he's uh, picked it up a little bit. Nine goals now, five assists in uh, 14 games so far. So actually, I do believe that is up there. Yeah, but uh, regardless... Yeah, that is the higher level. I apologize. So, but yeah, he's he's been stepping up and good for him. He, apparently, he's on a loan. But yeah, he's on pace for 28 points in 52 games, basically scoring more goals and getting assists. More kind of a Fiala type of player, and that was, I guess, kind of sort of the goal when the Wild acquired him in the Fiala trade. 
ultimately. It was like indirectly acquired him. They used the draft pick to take him. Danilo Yurov was the actual pick. Yeah, I say this every week. Sorry if I'm repeating myself like a broken record player. Yurov at the MHL has four points in five games, but at the KHL, nine points in 37 games. This is, you know, the main one, the Karilka Kaprizov League, where, yeah, he had zero points in 21 games last year. People thought, oh, that's not good. Well, he's at nine in 37. Oh, okay, I mean, it's, he's breaking through a little bit. For an 18-year-old, <laughs> that's not bad. For an 18-year-old at the KHL level, you know, he's he's hanging in there. Hanging in there. Four goals, five assists. So, good, good. That's encouraging. He's an 18-year-old. Let's continue to remember that very important detail. College rankings. I'm going to kind of go between college and juniors and such. Uh, yep, Sam Hentges, he's been out forever, unfortunately. That's obviously, he's not in college. He's at AHL, but, you know. Uh, kind of curious about Hovanov, but, yep. Gosh, you know, I'm kind of disappointed and sad about all that. Uh <laughs> That one's driving me nuts, because I really liked, actually, I really like Hovanov, but again, junior level, you can't get all too excited. And, of course, Hovanov's no longer with Minnesota anyway. He, yep, that's where I thought. He's in the VHL, and he's not even doing good there. What can you say? What can you say, man? He's in the VHL, and he's not doing a whole lot. Damn, you know, I thought he was going to be better. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. I liked him, damn it. Sorry, I keep... I don't know, I just get upset about little things, I guess. Nikito, Nikita Nestorenko, junior year in the college rankings, and he's at almost a point a game, taking that step forward. All right, Nikita, 21 years of age, out of Brooklyn, New York, but of course Russian, I gotta think. Yeah, hello. <laughs> 13 points in 15 games, four goals, nine assists for Boston College. Of course, again, one of those classic uh, national clubs or you know like na usually a national power in the college rankings usually um marshall warren sometimes provides offense sometimes provides grit can play a little uh, can play a little bit boston college isn't as good this year that's where you're seeing a lot of minuses uh, where a few years ago they were definitely a national power when boldy and mcbain were there um Wow, you know, 22 points. Or yeah, he was a plus 22 way back as a freshman. He's a minus two this year. About half a point a game. One goal and six assists in 15 games for Marshall Warren. First off's probably gone. We've talked about that. Novak's, you know, going to gonna recover from the whole cancer situation. Who's Nadinov? Obviously love what he's capable of. He's still, he's, he's at above half a point a game pace in the KHL. He's 20 years of age, so two years older than Daniela Yurov. Probably not as offensive-minded as Yurov, but again, great skater, great defender, and he's a plus 11 for St. Petersburg SKA. Seven goals, 16 assists, and definitely, you know, he's at a he's at double the pace he was last year, so put that in perspective. He's doing very well. Uh, Merat Kuznetinov. And now you look at the other guys. Jesper Wallstedt, yeah, but again, he's doing okay for... Uh, at the at the AHL level, about 3.3 goals. Um, Carson Lambos out again. God. So, 20, 20, 21 points in 23 games. We'll just leave it at that. Out again. Jack Pert had that huge week. And now, yep, continues at a solid pace. 15 points in 18 games. Two goals, 13 assists. Definitely at about twice the pace as last year. And he's just a sophomore, so that's very, very cool. Kidian Bankier. 
33 points in 24 games. Again, well over a points a game for the Kamloops Blazers, but again, we'll see. Junior level isn't always an indicator of what's to come, but at least he's getting better. Same with Kyle Masters, way ahead of last year's pace. Uh, almost a point a game as a defenseman. At 19 years of age, 4 goals, 20 assists. He's already way ahead of last year where he played 65 games. This year he's only played 26, and he's way ahead of last year, so pretty cool. Kyle Masters, pretty much the same thing, almost identical. <laughs> Actually, it is identical. 24, 4 goals, 20 assists in 26 games. Identical, and even better, yeah, and yeah. Huge step ahead from last year, and literally almost like the same guy. That's crazy. That's kind of funny how that turned out. Josh Pillar, 12 points in 12 games, but unfortunately has missed a significant amount of time when you you know, when you know read between the lines there, unfortunately. Omaha Lancers, Nate Benoit has taken a big step forward. In fact, he didn't score a goal for Omaha last year. He's got two already this year and eight assists versus only three. So way ahead of last year's pace, except for the plus-minus. We'll leave that alone for now. Hunter Haight, who had a great week. An absolutely great week. What did he have? Eight points in five games for the Saginaw No, three games for the Saginaw Spirit. Now he's at 13 points in seven games. So, okay. <laughs> a little bit slower pace, but still pretty much two points a game for Hunter A. Haight. Dominating at the OHL level. Where last year with the Barry Colts, he only had nine points in 21 games. Pretty crazy when you think about that. Or no, this year. This year he struggled. Absolutely love what Hunter Haight has been able to do. Pardon me. I'm almost about to cough my head off here, so apologize. Bear with me. Regular Lorenz, again, the super, you know, another one of those young guys. He's been with the, uh, yep, University of, Denver, University of Denver. He's a winger, but only has three points so far. Again, limited action. You know, that type of thing. Limited action, still kind of getting going. Fourth line-ish. Fourth, fourth, fourth line. Bottom six. All that good stuff with the Denver Pioneers, the defending national champions for the 25th time, basically. And <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know, kind of tough to kind of get up that lineup, but still, we'll see. Just getting started. Freshman year, Michael Milne, the uh, old draft pick this past year at the AHL level, but has seen limited action as well. Only 14 games and two goals, one assist. So we'll see, but apparently here, good things about him. Ryan Healy, who's had some wonderful moments at times, but again, he's, he's okay. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, he's with Harvard, and he's only played in 11 games this year, so that's unfortunate. Been missing action as well. Five points in 11 games. Harvard. David Specik, one of my favorites. Again, very productive guy. Right shot defenseman. 26 points in 29 games. Six goals, 20 assists. 20 assists. So that's always a really good thing. Offensive-minded defense, and he's pretty much on pace to what he was doing last year. Pretty much, when you kind of do the math. Maybe slightly ahead. So, hopefully he can take another step forward. A definitely offensive-minded guy. And Petrovsky looks like a nice, uh, at least so far, anyway. It's the OHL, but at 18 years of age, to be over a point a game, he's ahead of last year's pace, which is always important when... <laughs> you know, you get a little bit, you get a year older and you're still on the same level. You're hoping for better numbers. And he's putting up better numbers, plain and simple. And he's just, yeah, he's kind of taking that, that little baby steps forward. Nothing huge, but taking taking steps forward. And we'll wait and see from the Slovakian there, Petrovsky. 
Yeah, the Veli Saris Slovakia, the Owen Sound attack of the OHL, again, in North America, of course, not over in Europe, so easier to access in that sense. Just like, uh, yeah, well, whoever it is, just like most of these other guys, uh, it's Ugrin and Yurov who are overseas at the moment. They're the main overseas guys at this stage. I mean, Spacek, of course, yeah, he was born in Columbus, Ohio, of course. His dad played for the Columbus Blue Jackets, so... Minnesota Wild and Columbus Blue Jackets are already old enough that they have former players' sons at the you know old enough to play in the pros. So, yeah, we've been around a while, even though we're like this. <laughs> you know, it feels like we're we we just started in a lot of ways, but now you got Vegas and Seattle. There was such a long stretch where there was no new uh, NHL franchises, so I felt like, gosh, we're still like the new kid on the block. That's weird and kind of dumb. <laughs> but that wraps up the prospects. Again, guys taking steps forward. Some taking baby steps, others taking giant steps. But generally speaking, and then other guys just being hurt all the freaking time, which is annoying. Come on, Lambos. Jeez, he missed a lot of time last year, too. So, guys like Lambos, um, Healy's missed some time. Milne's not doing a whole lot of the AHL yet, but I mean, it's just like, what did he go from the juniors to the AHL like that? So, so it kind of is what it is. <laughs> uh, you're off, you know, whatever. You get the idea. Hunter Hay took a giant step forward. So love what he's been doing. And a lot of people are very excited with his progress, his progress. Should I check up on Philip Johansson just out of curiosity? For Lunda, the Swedish Hockey League, 10 points in 25 games. So he took a step forward too. He's definitely ahead of last year's pace. He is the property of the Vancouver Canucks at the moment. But, well, where is he? Where is he right now? He's not with the Canucks, so we'll see. Gave the Wild a second-round pick, which may have been Hunter Haight. I believe it was, so... Huh, Hunter Haight or <laughs> Philip Johansson? Hmm, well, all right. We'll see. Hopefully that works out in a positive way. Maybe. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for fan interaction. back here on Brave the Wild fan interaction segment. Remember to do hashtag BTWMN when you comment, question, all that kind of stuff. Have fun with it. Very enjoyable. At Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild, of course, on the, <laughs> the Hockey Podcast Network. I was saying this is late, but congratulations, Philip Gustafson on your first NHL shutout. No responses, but likes and retweets. Derek Felska says, again, at Crease and Assist, at Crease and Assist. Always appreciate him putting out the bad thing. Oh, he is the greatest and a fantastic writer, of course. Fantastic writer, and his hockey knowledge is way, way up there. Uh, got a Minnesota Wilder NHL. Yep, that's cool. NHL question on your mind. Ask Brave the Wilder. Just tag, hashtag it. Hashtag BTWMN. That makes a big difference, because then everything's right there, organized in a, in a row. So, really appreciate those of you that have been doing that. Good job, man. Ask as many as you like. Yes, ask as many as you like. We can have little lightning rounds, like Derek's going to have one right now. Tom Hayen, lightning round. I missed that. He's the bomb. <laughs> he does such a good job. And, and you know, area he has such cool questions and just fun. You know, some fun ones, some serious ones, and, you know, just overall enjoyable. Let's get to Derek lightning round right now. Two fans, a Coyotes fan and Boston Bruins fan, got into a fight at Arizona's Mullet Arena, and it resulted in one fan losing a finger. Have you ever been 
around a fight at a stadium or arena? If so, what should the penalty be if this were to occur on the ice? Huh, that's an interesting thought. If it were to occur on the ice? Ooh, um, well, as for a fight in the arena, okay, that is interesting. Losing a finger, how did that even happen? That's crazy, that's nasty. Uh, I saw, well, I, I just kind of saw stuff like at the Metrodome years ago. I think it was a Viking game when the, I think the Vikings lost to Atlanta. <clears throat> Shockingly, yeah, like we all, <laughs> this was 2008 when I believe Matt Ryan was just a rookie. He and my brother went and Tavares Jackson threw to Nafahu Tahi, Nafahu Tahi about 20 times for about 23 yards, if you know what I mean. Do, do the math there, it was pathetic. <laughs> it was a pathetic game. Um, and I saw some fans kind of, they just, I don't know if it was a drunken rage or what, but it was like up in the upper deck, a few sections away, like we were in the upper deck, of course, me and my brother, and just something blew up. It was just like, what the hell? It was really weird. That's about as far as I've seen, other than I think way back in the, well, yeah, 2000-ish, or was it 2001? I think it was 2000, the Wild tied the Ottawa Senators. We're talking way the heck back in the day. And some short guy, when Ottawa tied the game up, was like, he like stood up on the table going, yeah, yeah. And some fans were just like, okay, sit down and shut up, basically. It just kind of went on for a little bit. But that's about as far as I've gone with that. Uh, what should the penalty be if it were to occur, if this were to occur on the ice? Well, like they say at NBA games, because I went to a lot of them back in the day with the Wolves, uh, <laughs> immediately ejected and subject to arrest, I would say that. Yeah, that's where I would say. I didn't click like on that. Sorry about that. Yeah, immediately ejected and subject to arrest. That's pretty much what I would say in that case. Probably getting arrested, maybe let go right away, or depending on how severe it was. Fan losing a finger, that's obviously going to be a... That's going to be a lot of litigation going on there, i got to think, unfortunately. Derek continues, now that I've babbled enough. Sammy Walker has looked terrific since uh, since he was called up, since calling him up. Showing terrific chemistry with, yes, Matt Boldy and playing with confidence. Now, yes, this is where it gets tough. Now that Ryan Hartman may return, should he be placed on that line, or should we stick with Freddie Goudreau, who has played well too? I think, I think stick with Freddie Goudreau, honestly. Ryan Hartman on that line wouldn't be the dumbest idea, though. But maybe not right out of the get-go. Kind of stick with Freddie for now and see how Ryan Hartman plays and all that. But, yeah, Freddie's been pretty good. So we all know how Dean feels about Freddie Goudreau. You know, we all kind of have our favorites out there. Like, if you have any type of a position like me, it's like a lead trainer where I work. So there's a few people that I, you know... I'm not a line flow or a supervisor or anything. I'm, like, just below that level. <laughs> but there's always a couple of people you might just... You just have a good feeling about them, and that's kind of how Mr. Uh, Dean feels about Freddie. I'm guessing he will stay there, and I, I think I agree with that for now. We'll see, though. We'll see. That's not the dumbest idea ever, though, to have uh, Ryan Hartman there. That's, yeah, because if Hartman's anything like last year, that could be, that could be good. <laughs> Sometimes those those injuries are like surprisingly a good thing. It makes them kind of sit down and kind of reassess where they're at mentally. Because a lot of it's more between the years than anything else when you kind of come back from a good season and you're not as good. <laughs> so I remember uh, way back in the day, now that I keep going here, 
<laughs> Gabrick had some kind of a uh, hip pointer or some kind of injury, like his hip, like a minor hip injury. He, he came back from that stupid holdout, which, and he was terrible. He wasn't even close to the same guy. This was after, again, the wild playoff run in uh, 02-03. He comes back in 03-04 after a stupid long holdout, finally returns in, like, mid-November or something. Wasn't close to the same guy. Could hardly, couldn't even raise the puck. It was like, what is wrong with this guy? He was not even close. And then all of a sudden, he had this minor injury. He was out for, like, a week to 10 days. He came back, and he was Marion Gabrick. So it was between the ears. Okay, sorry. Um, now that I've babbled the whole night, uh, Derek Felska says, I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of boss battle music. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, boss battle. Like, a, you know, any game, like a Mega Man 3 or uh, Final Fantasy, whatever. Um, which NHL team should trigger the playing of boss battle music when facing the Minnesota Wild? And which game's boss battle music would you use? Which team should trigger the playing of boss battle music when facing the Wild, huh? Uh, it's got to be Colorado, probably. In the past, the Blackhawks are for sure, and that could be like a... <coughs> yeah, it's definitely Colorado right now, though, because they're the defending champs, and they're like, you know, way up there and all that, or even Winnipeg because of the close uh, proximity, and they're good now, too, and, you know, you get kind of a bit going on. We'll say Colorado, though, because the fans will be more against Colorado than Winnipeg. There's a lot of Winnipeg fans coming. What game? Could be like, uh, let's see, I might even throw in a soundbite here because now I'm doing video game flashback and I've picked up some soundbites. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm having a hard time at the moment. It's like, I used to play the Final Fantasy 6 or 3, you know, boss battle music on the Brave the Wild. Uh, uh, it was a Brave the Wild little ad that I created way, way back at the beginning. So... Well, I probably want to put in like a <laughs> Mega Man three, like Doctor Wily level bosses. Yeah, because that's you know that's that, that's what it should be. So, and I I often think of the Minnesota or ho hockey with Mega Man because of the helmet and the outfit. It looks like hockey kind of, like you could pretty much put skates on Mega Man and he'd look like a hockey player, probably like a Seattle or a Seattle Kraken or a, a San Jose Shark with that blue color. So, with that, so we'll say Mega Man three. A Dr. Wiley level boss. Uh, I'm going to try to remember to put that in right here. that in there hey <laughs> yes let's let's do it let's have some fun i, I love that thank you Derek. that was a good one uh derek uh, derek continues commissioner who's that guy gary bettman said that polling polling done with fans say that say they like the virtual ads on the boards and that is is less distracting than with normal fixed advertisements what do you think of those ads and do you buy what bettman was selling I think it works. I think it's okay. It's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird, too. It's, it's a little weird because it's like, 
<laughs> you see, like, say, like a local thing, like, wait a minute, that can't be in, uh, you know, Calgary, Alberta. It's like some local place. I can't even think of it now what it would be. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like Boston pizza or something. Cause there's like a Boston, there's a place called Boston pizza up in Canada. That's like, it's very popular. So you might have some local company that's kind of prominent here. It's kind of funny cause then it'll, it'll come back at a different angle. And then there's that Boston pizza. It's weird, but I think it's, I think it works. It's okay. And it's on the ice at times as well. Like, um, uh, I don't know, park tavern. I'm just making stuff up. My mind's blanking unfortunately uh it's it's okay i, I think it's okay <laughs> it's not the coolest thing of all time but it's okay derek felska continues says with the strong play of some of our younger players walker shaw doer does this put the wild in the position of being lever uh, of being a leveraged seller where where we have older assets number 38 number 24 teams might want but still we'll be in good shape if we deal them that's a good idea. See, that way, you know, that way the roster spots open up for guys that deserve to be here, like, again, Stodewer and Walker, guys like that. And eventually, one of these decades, some of these defensemen in the minor leagues and in the juniors, again, one of these decades, like I'm saying, because <laughs> they, they do look like they're a long ways away. They really do. The more I'm, like, yeah, paying closer attention. Uh, Dumb has been playing better, and I'm glad that can potentially raise his trade value. Uh, Nick Lane says something similar here. He jumps in and says, honestly, I'd trade Dumba, Dumba no matter what spot the Wilder in. Yeah, like either we're really good or not so good. And then uh, Derek made sure that I would see it with the hashtag BGW man. Thank you for that. Uh, Nick Lane, nice to meet you in case you're, yep, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he follows. That's cool. Um, I feel the same. I feel the same. And it's not because we hate Dumba or anything. He's not, he's not a $6 million a year player. And again, you know, <laughs> Brock Faber, Brock Faber, anyone? So that, that's just one guy. That's just one guy. Brock Faber, they also have Carson Lambos if he ever stays healthy enough to, yeah, I'm beginning to wonder about that a little bit. I'm getting frustrated there. And then there's, but there's many others as well. Oh, I thought my laptop was having issues, but it's not. It's just a shadow in the background. Oh, that scared me for a second. I'm like, no, I don't want to have a damaged screen. That's weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could go on all day. With all the different uh, prospects, that could be something. You know, Ryan Healy could be something. Lambo, Pertz, Pertz a big one. Uh, Masters, maybe. Uh, Damon Hunt, Ryan O'Rourke, guys like that. I mean, eventually you got to hope for it. Marshall Warren, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how much better he's going to get. So we'll see. We shall see with that. But um, there is a lot of valuable pieces potentially. Even Healy, Space, that guys like that could be in the conversation. So Lambos, Pertz. <laughs> Masters, who maybe Ben was that uh, ultimate. Yeah, he'd be a third pairing if he made it to the NHL. He doesn't stand out for anything that I could see, but beyond that, but uh, let's continue. Brian Herrera says, Steele, that'd be Sam. Yep. Steele has proved he's the right fit at the one spinner center spot at this point of the season. Unless Bill trades for a star center, there's no reason to move him. Unlike some reckless people like to think, where do you see Hartman filling in? Duhame, and what will become of Walker? Oh, that's so tough. I, I kinda I kinda got into that earlier, but which is totally fine. You didn't know that. <laughs> but you you heard yeah, you heard what I said. Yeah, you didn't know it when you typed that, because <laughs> I'm recording in the background here, of course. Um 
it's tough. It's a they're going to have to make some tough decisions, and maybe there will be a trade like a sudden trade of some kind. Uh, part of me keeps thinking maybe Greenway is going to get traded at some point. Guys like Greenway, Dumba, but again, how much value will you get in return? Greenway is super valuable when that grief line is together. It's it, it's weird. It's like he doesn't really produce. What has he got? Three points all season. He's hurt a lot. He, I don't know. That seems like there's a seems like there's just something missing from Jordan Greenway compared to what we thought he would thought and hoped he would become. Yeah, what has he got? Three points in thirteen games. Um, he wasn't a superstar at the college level anyway. Yeah, he is pretty much like a 30-point guy, isn't he? And he always, always misses time. Uh, his first full season in Minnesota, he did play 81 games. Since then, you know, he was sent down for a little bit that year too, which is crazy. Weird. Um, <laughs> 67 games, That was that's okay. 28 points. 56 games the next year. 62 the next the 67 game season, I got yeah, we got to remember that's 2020. So he was probably actually healthier that year. There's a lot of games that never actually happened, so I'll, I'll be fair about that. Um, but yeah, only 56. I guess that year was shorter too. I'm an idiot. Last year only 62, and then this year he missed a significant amount of time. He's he's kind of oft injured. 30 points maybe on average, kind of you know, does provide some grit, some defense, and all that. Uh, you know that line chemistry is fantastic. I don't know. Um, somebody's got to get traded, don't, don't they? I mean, it might end up being a Hartman or DeHaim. It might. That's the sad part. But then again, that... <sighs> ah. But then again, you come back to that, they're actually, you know, good fits for the whole salary cap situation. Like, Hartman, if he plays anywhere near he did last year, he's an absolute bargain at his price. And DeHaim, I think, you know, is a potential bargain at his price. I really liked what I've seen from DeHaim, and all of a sudden he's becoming a little more injury-prone lately. Reeves, you know, it'd be depressing to have him scratched all the time again. He'd go from being scratched to playing to being scratched again. Oh, it's really tough. It's really tough, Brian. <laughs> oh, it's tough, Brian Herrera. It's a very tough. That's a tough decision. I want Walker here. He probably goes back to the AHL, probably. With the way things are and the way they manage things and all that, which I don't completely disagree with, but I think Walker being up here is much better than uh, some of these other guys. God, it's tough. It's it's, it's a tough decision. Hart, I mean, Hartman's NHL, obviously. DeHame's NHL, but I think Walker is too. So they're going to have to make some decisions. Uh, maybe kind of a committee thing. Guys get scratched. Guys play this and that. Guys like uh, like Sean Dewar, you cannot, you just, scratching them would be stupid. And of course, there's always the potential of people getting injured as well. So that's another reason. Great question. Absolutely great question. And yeah, that's two times I talked about that whole situation. It's going to be tough. Very tough. Um, Jay Bushy says, Gus's play of late. Yep, yep, that'd be uh, yep, there, the goaltender, of course, Philip Gustafson. Gus's play of late has been better. Do you think we'll see more of a 50-50 split with uh, Flower moving forward, I hope so, and I think I think it's going to come closer to that, uh, because I do believe that Gustafson has proven himself to a point that yeah, he's he's not somebody you're going to put in there once every eight games or something like oh god we can't put him in there, you know, and Flurry's like you know franchise he's only 28 and he's a franchise goalie what are you kidding me, so plus doing that with any goalie is stupid you overuse him so yeah I mean I'm hoping and praying. Whatever gets flowered to 55 or less. That's uh, Kalaspo says that one. 
Let's give them a follow. Hopefully they follow back. We'll see. Derek says replying. Yep, because that was to get the response. I think there was one more. Nope, that's it. Interesting. It showed two, and then it shows one. Okay. Right. I think it's weird. <laughs> yep, good question, though, and it's, I think it's important. Derek, that's the same one. This was the other one, I believe. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm looking at the right thing here and I get it all out there. Okay, there is one more. Colaspo says he's at 19, so that leaves 36 out of the final 54, meaning we should see Gus at least 18 times or one-third. Yeah, I think so, at, at least, right? At least. I hope he does play a significant amount, though, uh, in, in Gustafson, yes. I think he deserves to, and he's actually been the better goalie. Final question. Mokov, Mike, Mo <laughs> says, with Reeves in the lineup, any team has to face us is not going to have a nice day come playoffs. Yep, that's the, you know, he'll be good for the playoffs and that physicality. Yep, it's classic. So, yes, I mean, uh, that's the thing, you know. You don't want to be in a rush to scratch Reeves either. So, i, I got to think there's probably a trade on the horizon. There probably is to free up uh, spots and such. Uh, guys deserve to play. They all deserve to play. Ryan Hartman, DeHaim, Walker, Dewar, Shaw, you know, uh, Steele, of, of, of course Steele. But, you know, he's not a star, but he's a good fit for the time. Uh, Greenway, they all deserve to play. Like, Greenway deserves to play. If you're scratching Greenway all the time, that's kind of weird, too. Um, so, <laughs> you don't want to go too far in that. So, God, it's so tough. You know, I mean, Goudreau deserves to play. Walker deserves to play. Walker deserves to play in the NHL. I, he does. So, there's got to be a trade, right? There's got to be some kind of a trade somewhere. It wouldn't kill me to, you know, uh, get some, get an extra draft pick or something or whatever the heck is, a two-for-one type of deal. You know, maybe you want that, that guy that's a higher score and you put together a couple pieces to, to get there. So, we'll see. I don't think we're going to get Ryan Hartman for uh, Claude Giroux or anything, but I don't think we're going to be able to, yeah, we're going to get Claude Giroux for Ryan Hartman or anything, but uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen up and coming? Um, I've heard a defenseman's possibly going to get traded. So, and that's that spells number 24 right there, probably. But, again, you still don't know. You still don't know 100% with that. That is all the questions. That is all the conversation. I really, really, really appreciate that very, 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 very much. <laughs> so, major shout-outs, of course, Derek Felska. Crease and assist, writes uh, about the Wild, writes about the high school as well. Look him up. Again, all you have to do is look him up on Twitter, and you'll see the links uh, great guy, wonderful to interact with, and knows his hockey up and down. Um, MNW Prospects, MNW Prospects, also known as Young Guns, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, amazing guys. Uh, I'm a part of it as well, but more of like talking about the prospects and giving them shout-outs lately. I haven't been writing like I used to, and I, I apologize. I, I really do. <clears throat> I keep getting distracted and doing other things and all that, and I, I don't know. I'm, uh, so that's kind of how that's been going. Uh, major shout-out to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, uh, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, David Abraham, Chad Walski, Chance Costick, David Costick. Uh, really love uh, hockey knowledge on that page. Uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner as well, coming out of Florida, does a great job, and lots of fun interaction on that page. Also, uh, final stuff again, Hockey Podcast Network, it's your DraftKings app. Of course, again, write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, 
Uh, Spotify, you could do a star rating if you use that. Audible, I believe you can write a review on that. Audible and Amazon Music. It's kind of this, uh, yeah, they're two similar apps from Amazon. You can listen to podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, I got a really nice review on there about a year ago. But, uh, yeah, it's been quiet generally, but uh, nice reviews on Apple sometimes. Uh, really appreciate those of you that do that. So, pretty much that's it. Tell your friends about the show. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, and all that. Uh, check out the Video Game Flashback podcast. I just recently did uh, Mickey Mouse Capade. The, the next one will be Jaws. Jaws for the Nintendo, and I think I'm going to do a Mega Man 2 uh, before Christmas or right about Christmas, because that one has a Christmas connection with me. I, I got it as a uh, gift in 92. It, it was obviously a few years old by then, but wonderful gift, wonderful memories. Uh, 9192, that was the Christmas of 9192. Wonderful memories for me that will last a lifetime. Um, so, again, I guess uh, next time we do the show, we'll be heading right into Christmas. <laughs> Almost there. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care and go wild. Go wild.